Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, everyone. It is me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count. And we are back with episode eight of the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. And uh, I got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do have a lot to say. Now, uh, this episode is it's supposed to be the science episode. And when I'm speaking about science, I am speaking about science from the perspective of how it can help or hinder the relationship you have with your body and how you are interpreting uh, things like food, exercise, your body, and your weight through through things like science likes to measure, you know, like or calories or your weight or, you know, all of the stuff that goes into that. Uh, now, I, need, I always need to preface this. I've, I noticed that I've been doing this the past few episodes just because of the times that we are living in. You know, if, if I would have been um, doing, if I would have started this podcast three years ago, I would never have to say it. Um, and maybe if I would have waited and started the podcast, you know, five years from now, things might be a different time. But right now, uh, we are in the middle of a lot of social cultural, political, uh, economic upheaval. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, COVID's been around for, you know, well over a year. There, people are masks, no masks, vaccine mandates, that's against, you know, uh, our rights as Americans, yada, da, 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 all of this stuff. There, there are signs everywhere, you know, I believe in science, trust the science, you know, blah, 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 blah. There is there it's a mess out there in the world okay so when i'm speaking about science i am speaking about science as it relates to food exercise your body your weight all things body drama all things body freedom uh that that's my wheelhouse now it is probably true that some of the things that i say can be applied to other situations or you can look at other situations through the lens of happy calories not just food exercise your body and your weight and you have my permission to do that and you have my permission to not do that that is all up to you um and again i only say this stuff just because of of the of the time and place in which I am trying to to help you navigate your way to freedom, peace, and ease around your body and your weight. All right. So, uh, science. Oh, where do I even start? Okay. So I'm going to start with this little story, and and I think this is the story that really just frosted me. I mean, I was so angry at this guy. Um, so uh, I, I got some years on me. You know, I, I've been around the block a few times. And 
and I've I've done basically anything and everything there there is to do in terms of food, exercise, body, and weight drama. Um, whether it is yes, I've had the eating disorder from hell, but I also was engaged to a bodybuilder and helped run a gym, and I have that whole you know eat boiled chicken and rice and train um, three hours in the morning and three hours at night and and work your legs so hard that you can barely even work, walk the next day. You know, I got that. I've I've done the binging route. You know, I had a, a, a section of my life where I went off the deep end and and binged for you know three straight months. You know, I've 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 got the whole I've got the whole breadth of experience, and I also am you know. Uh, I, I don't know if it is because I'm an actress or I don't know if this is why I chose acting, but I am an observer of the human condition. I, I, I observe a lot of different things. Um, and maybe it's because I, I always kind of felt like I never really fit in anywhere. Uh, so I would observe, observe dynamics or, or maybe it was, you know, observing dynamics to know how I could fit in safely. Uh, who knows? Who knows what it is? But uh, so I had been dealing with uh, my own body drama. I'd healed it. I had written a book. Uh, I had started coaching. I had been speaking. I'd been doing YouTube videos and everything. And and I and I, I know my stuff. Like I I know that I know I know what I speak to be truth. I know. You know, this this is is not the only path, but it is a legitimate path to healing and transforming all of your pain, shame, drama, all that stuff. You know, it this is a this is a way to do that. And I was talking to a friend of mine who happens to be a guy, and he is he's a gym, I wouldn't call him a gym rat, uh, but but he's definitely uh uh gym guy, you know, the kind the kind of guy that goes to the gym. And it's also kind of funny when I talk to people like that because like, oh my God, you have no idea what it's like to be a girl. Um but but anyway, so so he was saying, you know, that that I I what I really needed to do is I really needed to get my message out there and and I really needed to talk to this other friend of his who was also a guy um at in a gym. And and so we met for coffee. And I was telling him, you know, the the whole happy calories thing. And like, it's not about it's not about the food, you know. It's it's not about the food. And and it's it. And not only is it not about the food from an emotional, spiritual, psychological angle, like they would say if you are trying to overcome something like emotional eating in the diet and exercise model from that framework, the therapists and the pop culture psychologists in that framework will always say it's not about the food. It's about something deeper. So it's not about the food. So I'm not just speaking about that. I'm speaking legitimately. It is not about the food. Apple, Twinkie, does not matter. Now, I did not just say an apple is, is as good as a Twinkie or a Twinkie is as good as an apple. And that's where people like to jump down my throat and like, nah, 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 you know, junk food, good food, all that kind of stuff. No, I'm saying the Twinkie is the same as the apple because it's not about the food. Whether the food is the Twinkie or the food is the apple, it's not about the food. That's why the Twinkie is the same as the apple. So 
I'm trying to articulate, you know, I and I just said something like, oh, well, you know, it's not about the food. And this guy who is probably 20 years my junior, you know, and doesn't, yeah, he looks good, but like, dude, whatever, like, do you even have a brain? Like, like the nuance and, and all of the emotional psychology and, and, and social uh, pressure and he has no idea what it's like to be a girl. Anyway, he, I'm, I'm digressing. I, it was just, he just made me so mad. He like jumped down my throat about how like, no, there are actual metabolic processes. Your body is actually going to metabolize a, a Twinkie differently than it will metabolize an apple. It is different. An apple is better than a Twinkie. You know, just like standing on his science high horse type of thing. And oh, you know what, dude, you're entitled to your opinion, but you know what? You're wrong. <laughs> and and I can prove you're wrong. <laughs> All right. So in case you uh, have not heard of this, uh, there is, and, and I say this with trepidation uh, because of, of the way that this experiment is often portrayed. It's often um, given as as evidence of a magical law of attraction way of thinking about these issues. And don't worry, I've got a whole podcast I'm going to dedicate to spirituality and the law of attraction and all of that stuff too. Um, but anyway, there is a, a professor, Stanford pr professor, Dr. Aliyah Crum, and she did a milkshake experiment. And, you know, we all know about this, this thing called the placebo effect. You know, you, you take a sugar pill, but you think, you think you're taking medicine, but it's really just a sugar pill and you get better. And you get better because you think you're taking medicine, right? That's the placebo effect. You think you're taking medicine, you get better, but you weren't really taking medicine. You were just taking a sugar pill. It's the placebo effect. Well, we all know about that. She wanted to know if that existed in food as well. Yes, it does. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So um, what she did is she, you know, did she... She did all the proper sciencey research, you know, like the how this design of the study and the setup of the study and, you know, all of that stuff. And what she did, she had two big batches of milkshakes. Milkshakes are exactly the same, exactly the same. It's the exact same drink. But one set of milkshakes she labeled low calorie. The other set of milkshakes she labeled high calorie. And then what she did is before people had their milkshakes, they went in and had their blood drawn and had all their little tests done and everything. And then they went and they enjoyed their milkshakes. Now, the milkshakes were exactly the same. Remember? Exactly the same. There are only some people that thought they were drinking skinny mini milkshakes and thought that they were drinking really rich, fattening, decadent milkshakes. That was the only difference. What they thought was going on and then after they had their milkshakes, they did the blood draw again. And guess what? There were biological differences between the two groups. So the people, there were differences in, uh, in the level of, of a hormone called ghrelin. And the reason why I, um, I always backpedal a little bit about this is because, again, if you look it up, it's no, it'll, they'll say, oh, it's the hunger hormone and it's going to regulate your appetite. And then there's a different rabbit hole that we go down into. So the first, the, I'm, what I'm using this, this um, experiment to illustrate is that 
it doesn't, your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs matter. Like, dude, oh, you're just going to metabolize an apple. You know, that's going to metabolize differently than it's going to metabolize a Twinkie. Well, number one, you don't know that. I, I would call you to the carpet to say, I want you to see me, to know that that is true, because there are thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that affect the metabolic process of the human body. You can't, you, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons this is so hard to figure out is because when you're talking about science and like legitimate science, it can only address a really specific thing and it can only address a really small set of variables to be able to pinpoint something to reach any sort of conclusion. You know, they have to have their controls. They have to like, this is the only thing we're measuring so that we know that this is really right. You can't do that with a human being because a human being is thoughts, feelings, beliefs, emotions, spirituality, everything. You can't isolate that piece out. So, you know, the people always talk about how, well, you know, this person has a nuclear metabolism. This person doesn't. Um, this person's allergic to whatever. This person can eat Twinkies. This person can eat hot dogs, whatever. Um, and again, and I said in a different episode, because it's, it's not about the food. If it were about the food, the food would have the same effect on every single person. It's not about the food. It's about the body. It's about the body that is a complex system that is dealing with the food and the thoughts and the feelings and the beliefs and the person and all of that stuff in it. So that's just one example of how science when it comes to things like food, exercise, your body, and your weight is very, very limiting, all right? Now, let's get into science in general, right? Because, you know, you, you see an article about good food or, or bad food or this workout or how you're going to master your metabolism or, you know, whatever it is, and it's a scientific study, all right? Let me give you the happy calories perspective of science. All right. One, science is only as good as the scientific method. All right. So I'm not saying science isn't real. And I'm never going to say science is, is bad or anything like that. And I actually, you know, I have a lot of respect for science and the scientific method and the contributions to society that it makes. Again, this is this circles back into that that conversation in an earlier podcast where how it's influencing how you think. So you, there's a difference between science, the scientific method, and conducting an experiment, doing research, reaching a conclusion, and doing that within the the framework of the scientific method, which is by its, um, by definition, is supposed to take out all of the human biases, take out human error, take out all of our assumptions about whether something is or isn't true. Um, by following that process, we're supposed to reach this conclusion. All right. So si the scientific method is also as good as it's only as good as it is, it is followed because it's also followed by human beings who are fallible, right? And so even, even if you do a legitimate double-blind research study and all the protocols are followed and all of that stuff, a conclusion can still be suspect if, you know, like 
the tools were mishandled. If they didn't get washed or put away properly, or if there was a contamination somehow that someone didn't even know, it's like they didn't even recognize. Or if they're doing, and I don't even like to think about doing animal experimentation or anything like that, um, but like if, if the lab mice came from a different facility or the facility where the lab mice came from was compromised in some way or their diet, you know, so many different things come into play. So it's, and that, so that there, there's that to, you know, ponder and consider. And then you think about the thing where, you know, science evolves. Science doesn't know everything. Science evolves. There was a time when the best scientists in the world thought that the world was flat. You know, now we think that's ridiculous, but, you know, Galileo was excommunicated for crying out loud. There is a lot of social and economic and political pressure for science to be a certain way. And this has been true forever. And so again, I'm not talking about the current climate. I'm not talking about vaccines. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about these players and complex systems and how complex systems evolve. All right. And there was a time when we thought that the atom was the smallest piece of matter, that there wasn't anything smaller than that. Now there's quantum physics. So things evolve as people make new discoveries and things like that. You know, there's so there's there's nothing wrong with science. It's just, I would encourage you, the happy calories don't count perspective is saying when it comes to food and exercise and your body and your weight, what is the science actually giving you? Now, I'm not talking about whether you've got, you know, stage four cancer and you you have some experimental treatment and that that treatment is actually going to you know, help heal you. No, I am talking about diet drama land. I'm talking about food, exercise, your body, your weight, your sense of self, your sense of self within your body, your sense of your place in your world. How is science going to help you do that? And I submit that it won't. I submit that the the most damaging thing that it can do is undermine the relationship you have with your body. Because what happens is we're trying to really cultivate this relationship that you have with your body. And we trust that your body knows best. And again, that's where the little, there's, that's where you're going to have fear about like, but what, what if my body doesn't know best? Like what, what if my body wants to be as big as a house and I don't want to be as big, big as a house. And again, I'm like, girlfriend, your body wouldn't want to like, it's, it doesn't, it's, it absolutely makes no sense. Your, uh, you, everything you do affects your body and everything like you you two are in this, in this lifetime together. And if your body has its own point of view, your body wants to be optimized. It wants to be healthy. It wants to be fit. It wants to look good. It wants to feel good. It wants to be able to move freely, you know, and, and vigorously and experience life. So your body would not give you any impulse that would that would derail that agenda, that would derail that goal. You know, your body is helping you get to that place. And so when you're coming from the idea of like science, science or calories or or exercise or whatever, that undermines that relationship. And, and again, in a way, it does kind of come 
Like, are you looking at things through love? Are you looking at things through fear? Are you looking at things through the 3D reality? Are you looking at things through, you know, faith? And that's a different philosophical type of conversation. But the idea that trusting your body, cultivating your body, a relationship with your body is the best way to help you have freedom from all of these issues and also create the results that you want. And that just like learning to trust your body is very difficult if you're filtering everything through the lens of the diet and exercise model, it's also very difficult if you're filtering everything through the lens of this, the latest scientific research, the latest scientific study, you know, all of that stuff. Science is great, but it has its limitations and science is only as good as the scientific method. And then furthermore, on top of that, you know, you always see that these these studies, they all have outliers, right? They, they all have outliers. So if you're trying to apply the results of a legitimate scientific situation study to your particular situation, how do you know you're not the outlier? So So even if it's all real, even if it's true, you don't know that it's gonna work for you because you might be the outlier. You know, so all, all of this stuff is is just to say that it, it really it's really just, you know, noise that that can help that can hinder that relationship that you're trying to build with your body. So science isn't bad, but science isn't isn't science isn't the answer to all of your problems. Um, and then the other big problem that we have with with this idea of science Let's suppose that the um, that the study was all done perfectly, no bias. It's like as sciency and and as awesome as it can get, right? Well, just like how I need a podcast to discuss these these topics because there's nuance. That there 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 are perspectives and depths and nuance and people use the same words to describe different situations and so you need you need a whole paragraph or you need a whole conversation about one word i did a whole episode just on acceptance you know and acceptance how it plays out in the diet and exercise model and creates a lot of fear and a lot of drama versus acceptance within the happy calories model and it it creates and facilitates healing and transformation so there's a lot of a lot of nuance and all of this stuff. So if you're if you are reading science, the legitimate science is going to say, okay, well, in this particular situation, ABC happened, but then if you change this variable, then this other thing happened, and then blah, blah, blah. And then what'll happen is people either, I mean, like seriously, seriously, have you ever sat down and tried to read a legitimate scientific research paper, peer-reviewed studied paper? with with all the the statistics and the the backstory and and setting all of that stuff up it's not a fun read if you're if you're not if you're not a science geek it is not a fun read and so if you're coming at this place of you're trying to learn that stuff because you want to be better at controlling your body <laughs> i'm sorry there you're always going to fail it's never going to be fun and then the other thing about that is what happens when you hear the science and the pop culture people want the essential gist you know just like and then the essential gist is is um at best it's insufficient 
You know, it's it's not explaining the whole dynamic. It's not explaining all of the nuance because it's just this is essential gist. But at worst, it's misleading. And so then you have this thing where you're you're taking actions based on a, an assumption you made about a misleading essential gist that the marketing department wanted to have a, to have a slick, sexy headline so that people would click on the headline to read the little article in this journal or this magazine about this other study that was done. It's kind of like the telephone game. You know, you tell someone and then that person tells, and by the time you get around, it gets diluted. And sometimes it's not even really what the original person said. So... This is this discussion I'm hoping is is helping you understand that sci science has its place in the world but when it comes to healing your pain and shame around your body and your weight science cannot help you you know science is going to be a fly in the ointment because what you want to do is you want to cultivate that relationship with your body and you want to trust your body and if you are looking to external sources of information, particularly science, that's mean it, that means that you're not really trusting your body. You're not cultivating that relationship with your body. And I don't think that I'm too off base when I say that because I know that you know. You know what is right for you. I have spoken with enough women. I have coached enough Pilates clients. I have done this long enough to know that you know if you take a breath wherever you are right now well no not if you're driving <laughs> not if you're driving but if you are sitting somewhere even if you're at work behind a computer um not if you're on a zoom meeting but if if you are in a place where you you have three minutes it doesn't even take three minutes you can do it in 30 seconds but take a breath just take a deep, deep breath and take another breath and drop into your body and connect with your body and connect with yourself. And you know what truth is. Your body knows. It's your head that gets all crazy. It's your head that's like, oh my God, calories, this, that. Am I, what's my real motivation? But am I, do I really think that I'm okay? Or am I just pretending that I think that I'm okay? Or am I really acting out of this dysfunctional pattern that I had when I was six? Or have I really healed that? Am I, am I really just afraid of doing this? Or, or, or am I doing this because I don't really want to do that? All of that craziness stuff, that comes from your head. Your body knows. Your body knows truth. Your body knows the truth for you. Whether it is about whether it's something you should eat or not eat, whether it is something about, you know, exercise you should or shouldn't do, your body knows when someone's lying to you. You know, whether it is a cheating spouse or whether it is a kid that is trying to, you know, skip school or whether it is somebody that is being all political at work, you know, somebody's trying to, you know, sell you a defective car, you know, what, whatever it is, your body knows truth. And that's not to say that science isn't true. Science, science, science. 
and, and see, we've always got to distinguish between science and the scientific method, science and the research, you know, especially with all how they're thrown around terms, you know, in, in the current environment. The scientific method is beautiful. And it's not to say that that results from the scientific method are not valid and that are not useful, but I submit that they will never be useful for you in developing a relationship with your body. And that is what we're trying to do. That is how you heal all of this pain and dysfunction around food, exercise, your body, and your weight. It is truly cultivating a relationship with your body. That is where you get to that space where everyone else is like, oh, well, you just eat intuitively. You just eat when you want. You just eat whatever you want. That whole intuitive eating, mindful eating, conscious eating thing. Oh, my God. It can be so crazy. Um, and I've had clients who have come to me out of those things that ultimately it ends up being just like a diet because, you know, depending on the different coach who's going to try to teach you how to eat intuitively, you go to these places where it's like, oh, well, what's your hunger scale? And then, okay, well, then you don't eat until your hunger scale is like at a six or, I mean, it's just crazy. So the way to actually get to that intuition, the way to actually get to that place of natural inspired eating is through actually cultivating that relationship with your body and becoming embodied. Become embodied. And the biggest obstacle to becoming embodied is that diet and exercise model and all of the, you know, thoughts that go along with it, all of the judgments, all of the perspectives, all of the, the fear, all of the lack, all of the, you know, craziness, disconnecting from your body to jump through hoops that goes along with it. And then, you know, next science. Because that's another thing that comes up a lot in conversations like, but I read, but I heard, you know, um, not from everybody, just from a particular type of person. But, but that's another hindrance that is going to come between you and cultivating that relationship with your body. And so I think that's where I'm going to leave it today, my friends. Um, really noodle on that. Really cultivate a relationship with your body. Think about the different relationships you have in your life. Think about your spouse or your parents or your children or your colleagues or your best friend or your teammates or, you know, whatever it is. Think about relationships. Think about what makes good relationships. Think about the commonalities between who you like to hang out with and who you don't, who, who you trust with your life and who you don't, who you know has your back and who you know doesn't. Think about the foundation of a good relationship, things like respect and trust and communication, those types of things. And then take all of those skills that you are using in your most productive and successful and enjoyable relationships and apply that to a relationship with your body and watch how your life changes. Okay, have a great day, noodle on that, and I will see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share, you know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care.